0: As we look at this, this chain of redemption, we can see where everything starts here, uh, not only in this passage, but in eternity past is uh, the very love of God. Uh, we don't know why. It certainly was, wasn't because of our actions, uh, our great works that we were going to have, or that we would uh, make a decision for Christ. That wasn't the reason. It was because of His love. And grace is nothing but the love of God working freely. Remember, grace deals with, with freedom of God. And it's as, as uh, of its own in, inclination. Turn to 1 John 4.10. Glad you could join us. We're, we're getting into a really upbeat, encouraging text. This is one of the most encouraging texts that we could get together and talk about. So when you leave here tonight, Regardless of how you're feeling right now, I will tell you, you're going to be flying. <laughs> All right. First John, chapter four, verse ten. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So that's an easy one. Where did the love come from? Did it come because of well, we loved God, so He decided to love us then. (laughs) No. Matter of fact, he just strikes that out. He says, not that we loved God. Matter of fact, we hated Him when we came on this earth. But He loved us. Then He sent His Son to satisfy God's justice. Now look at Romans 9, verse 13. Romans 9, that uh, great chapter dealing with the sovereignty of God. Rather incredible section it is. It, this really uh, emphasizes, I think, the glory of God. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. There, you know, there are certain people that you have you you love. You, you, you know, we're and as Christians we are to love everybody. And by the way, that the hate here is definitely it's a it's a godly hatred, not a, a man's hatred is self centered, but. Um, we are to love our neighbors, but even the people that live next door, but we don't love them like we do our family. Wife, husband, uh, children, whatever, right? Uh, he, he had a specific love on the ones who are His. So, go to Deuteronomy 7, 7 and 8. It goes back to the children of Israel. <laughs> And we know that they were very disobedient, right, as a nation.
1: Nothing
0: like us. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Lord did not set His love on you nor cho- choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples. You you know, number-wise, greater than the na- nations. God didn't love you because of that. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath with which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand, redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So there is God doing that. It starts with His love. It never starts with the people. Their actions. Their attitudes. It starts with God. Gives us a high view of God, doesn't it? Oh, We have to get into the Ephesians 1 section. can't talk about stuff like this without getting into that. A most blessed text. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He did all that in His love. That's that's the God-perfect love right there. We know we see choosing there. And, of course, that's an obvious text. That's the next one uh, on down there. But he, he talks there about it's, it's love. It's His love, God's love, that brought us to Him. Chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Chapter 2, verse 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of His what? Great love... With which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together. He did it with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Oh. These are good reminders. All these verses you're very, very familiar with, aren't you? But it's like, oh, what are some of those verses? You know, somebody wants to know about this, or I just need to, I just need to see this, I just need to hear this, right? And you go over them, and you go, boy, this is, this is uplifting. Romans chapter five verse eight. These really remind us how good of a God we have. It's to exalt Him, isn't it? Simple, simple verses, very profound. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemy sinners, we were ungodly. And there we see He demonstrated His own love toward us in the prime example, right? Prime demonstration. These all familiar? Chapter 8, verse 39. This is following the golden chain. The, The chain there is, of course, in verse 29 and 30. And as He goes a little further, speaks about His awesome love. Nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. We'll never be separated. It and and he, he mentions everything height, depth, death, life, angels, principalities, demons, whatever, you know, powers, height, depth, any other created thing. You, even you. Cannot separate yourself from the love of God. That's interesting that that love is there. Separate from God, but, it, but separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Exciting, isn't it? Okay, now that's about, okay, that's where everything started. Salvation really didn't start when you said, yes, I want to follow Christ. Salvation started when? Before the foundation of the world. And we'll continue to see that in, in all this, the rest of the links of this chain. As so we go through this silver chain, we, we get through the first one. We we were were loved by Him. He first loved us. We love Him now. It's because He pours His love into us. But that's where it started. Before you were even born. Before the world was made. Now, the next one, we're not only loved, but we're chosen by the Lord. A choice implies a setting apart some for objects of his grace to be instruments of his glory in this world. So there're certain ones that he picks for himself. He chosen you. He makes a distinction between them and the others. Who are the others? Well, been here the last few weeks, the others are in verse 11. Of chapter Two of Thessalonians, for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they'll believe what is false in order that they be judged right so uh, his distinction is that he picks some for himself, not based on any merits or what he saw that was going to do uh, they were going to do. Remember Jacob and Esau Jacob I loved Esau, I hated. Was because Jacob was going to be a really cool guy and he was going to be a nice Christian and everything? No. Matter of fact, he, his name means deceiver. Uh, but he put his love, he put his grace, chose Jacob, even though he was second born behind Esau. So God has chosen, and He separates from the world. All, everybody's ungodly but He separates from the ungodly these ones that He has chosen and brings them to Him. That's election. And that word is biblical. Um, We get this word right here. Okay, brethren, beloved by the Lord. That's our first one, loved by the Lord. God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation. Election is not taking all. He doesn't save all, does He? But he saves some. Does he have to save any? No. There is none worthy. There is none righteous. There is none good. He doesn't owe it to anybody. He he saves some, and he passes by others. And say, I can't fathom that. Just think about how dead in sin you were before Christ. He could have just started all over with the human race, right? But no. Grab a hold of this one. I think you should have it on your outline there. Election is the cause of faith. Do you you get that? Election is what causes faith. Do you see the next one right by by that? Faith is not the cause of election. God sees your faith and then He chooses you. Well, there's some merit there. That's not biblical at all. From all the texts that we've just looked at, He loved us before we loved Him. We were enemy sinners, Romans 5 says. It goes on and on and on. We were dead in our sins and transgressions, right? So it starts with Him. Election is the cause of our faith. Because we're elect is the reason that we believe. But a lot of people have it backwards. It's because I believe in Him, now He has to save me. And that's not biblical at all. You will not see that. Yes, we are to put our faith in Him, but how can we? Why Why do we? It's because the love of God, it's because the election of God. When He elects you, sets you apart, sanctifies you, we'll get into that. You then have faith where you can believe. You can believe His Word, believe Him. Uh, look at the book of life. These are scriptures dealing with the book of life. Look at Philippians 4.3. Do you have a name written? Philippians 4.3, what does it say? Indeed, true companion. I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the Gospel together with Clement, also on the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. If you're a Christian, you're in the book of life. When was that written? The very moment you became saved? No. No. Well, we'll see that it was before the foundation of the world, but we'll keep developing this uh, book of life. Look in Revelation thirteen eight. Right there. Back of the book. Thirteen eight. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone, this is Antichrist. Okay, this is the Antichrist chapter which we studied with, studied about so many weeks. <coughs> everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. So what does that imply? These people were not written in the book of life. Well, who are written in the book of life from the foundation of the world? The ones who are His, right? So if they are not written in it, it means that they are not His elect. He didn't have them there in the first place tough pill to swallow. 17.8 The beast that you saw was and is not, still it's the Antichrist, and is about to come up and out of the abyss and go to destruction, and those who dwell on the earth, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When was the book of life written? Before there were ever humans. He wrote people in Other people he didn't, or he passed by. We spent so many weeks on, what, reprobation? Now we're on the flip side. So, let's do another one. Let's go to chapter 20, verse 15 of Revelation. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. This is the great white throne judgment. And the ones who are at the great white throne judgment are who? Unbelievers. And if they're not in the, the book of life, which and they're standing there, they're not. Because they're trusting in only their works. They're trusting in themselves. And they find that they're not in the book of life. Interesting. Go to Luke chapter tw- 10, verse 20. What about this book? The book of life. That'd be scary to find out you were not in the book of life, huh? Luke 10, 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. I think with all those other texts, I think that would be safe to say this is the book of life, isn't it? Your names are recorded there, written down, written in the Lamb's book of life. Um, that's what we really rejoice in, right? At the time here, you had the 70 disciples and they were, they were going to go out this was the mission that they had and they actually were they're casting out demons and doing some amazing things and they were marveling over it and he said don't take so much joy in that take it for the fact that you are in the lamb's book of life that you are saved you've been chosen by God right so there's the book of life let's go to first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4 we're covering a lot of verses tonight aren't we one four constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love, steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father, knowing beloved um, brethren beloved by God, his choice of you his choice, his choosing of you. He doesn't choose everybody. Many are called, but few are chosen. The very words of Jesus. Have you heard that one before? (laughs) Yeah, amazing. These were Thessalonians. Now remember, we're in 2 Thessalonians, right? In the very first letter he wrote to them there, as he does here in the second letter, and he's reminding them that they're elect, that they're chosen, they're loved by God. They needed that because of all the persecutions and everything that was going on there. And so he, he reminds them there that they are... Beloved by God and and chosen by Him. Verse 4 says that. Beloved by God, chosen by Him. Look in Romans 8, verse 33. This is that great uh, Romans 8 chapter again. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who who can bring that? How about demons? How about Satan? Well, if they've been written in the book of life for eternal life, how long is eternal life? forever it 's <laughs> eternal can you lose eternal life? How can anything that is forever what would that be based upon if you did be based upon something you did do or didn 't do right? if you have eternal life, you have it as soon as as you, when you become a Christian, your eternal life starts but as far as God is concerned, it goes back to even before the foundation of the world because he 's not bound by time. But uh, don't you like that? Who can bring a charge against us? No matter what, it's not—it's not going to—it's not going to condemn us. Nothing can, because of God's desire, and He will make sure that everything that He has want to do will come to pass. Or else He's not God, right? Look in Colossians 3:12. Does this exalt God? Does this lift Him up? That's what we want to do. That's what our life is about. It's not about us. It's about putting Him up higher and higher. It's about Him, isn't it? So he tells the Colossians, so as those who have been chosen of God, look at this, holy and beloved. Paul likes to use those terms because holy is sanctified. He'll use that. Beloved, he used that. And here he's used chosen. We see the same words right here in this silver chain, don't we? Put on a heart of compassion. Kindness. Here's what you do now. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. What He's saying there, since you've been chosen by God, here's the way that you need to act with people. Here's the way that you receive them. Right? Because look at what God did to you. If He chose you, if, if He loved you, then shouldn't we at least want to do that show compassion and kindness to our fellow human people. John 15:16. John 15:16. Everybody knows this one. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of Father in my name he may give to you. You did not choose Me. I chose you. See, yes I did. I chose God. He chose us. He elected us. We did say yes, but it was because the power of God and the Word of God that we could even say that because we were dead. He had to regenerate us, didn't He? Look at Matthew 24. How? often do we see the word chosen, elect throughout Scripture? I'm just getting the tip of the iceberg here tonight. There's no way we can cover all of them. But these are good to have and re- refresh us. Uh, let me think of what I was doing here. But getting the right chapter, I could be really good. Yeah, remember this. For false Christ, false prophets will arise, will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Will they be misled? No. But it could get up to that point where they almost could. But he will make sure. Remember, he sends in restrainers. He sends in the restrainer, right? That we've seen in 2 Thessalonians. So that the, but he will send a deluding influence upon those unbelievers, though, and make it even harder. Do you
1: think sometimes just as the elect, just when they see all that, they just kind of don't know what to make of it? Maybe they don't
0: know quite. Well, yeah, but you see some kind of a sign and wonder and miracles, and this happens to be done by, uh, like, well, we've been studying about Antichrist, right? And the things that would be happening during that time, wouldn't people be amazed and are going, "Wow!"
1: yeah, well, right this now. must be coming from God. All those people that are projecting and saying all kinds of things and all kinds of stuff about them, I think it confuses believers when they see some kind of power there. and These people are saying in Jesus' name, yeah, they claim to have some kind of value. I think sometimes
0: this people confuse us. They really know. It's confusing, but He will make sure that they will not have a deluding influence. Right? Look in verse thirty-one. Here's what he's going to do. He could get to that point, and what's he going to do? Well, he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, his chosen, from the four winds, from one into the sky to the other. What does he do with the other ones? Well, you have the sheep and the goat judgment, don't you? But here we have, here he, he gathers the elect. He gathers them, calls on that. Look in Second Peter, chapter one, verse ten. Second Peter one ten, just goes on and on. Matter of fact, just about every book in the Bible has this story into it. Second Peter one ten, amazing. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you'll never stumble. You won't have doubts about whether you are in Christ or not. If you're practicing these things, what are those things? Well, you just back up. In verse 5, it says apply all diligence in your faith. Supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. and your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. and In your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You you know, you can become so stagnant. You're not even. We're talking about believers here. You can become so stagnant that now you're not a witness to to anybody. You're not. You're you're useless. There's no right now. you're, You're not. You know. You're not growing in Christ he says and by that's what that's what he's saying if these qualities are yours and are increasing, a Christian doesn't say oh okay I got it all now I don't have to do anything else I, I don't have to grow right I'm there man I made it. No we, we continue to increase if these things are there then we're not short, what he says is you're short-sighted if you if you haven't if you like these qualities uh, you're blind you're short-sighted I have to wear glasses I have to correct my vision right? Um, nearsighted. I can't see very far away." Uh, well, that's what happens spiritually if we are not letting the Word of God come in and change us as far as knowledge and excellence and self-control, perseverance, godliness, and uh, brotherly kindness, love, those kind of things. They, they should be growing in us. And, and he says there, make certain. This is how you check yourself out. Look at your calling. Make certain the calling that you have, the choosing that God has done. So, pretty powerful there. When was election done? When you chose God when, or when He chose you? When did He choose you? From the beginning. That's what Thessalonians says. Now, this is not a recent matter. It's not let's say if you were saved five years ago, ten years ago, twenty thirty forty fifty, whatever it's not an afterthought after God you know had uh you know created mankind and then he came along and thought of something isn't it isn't that God looks all over the world and he starts picking out a few that he likes it's not that this was before there were people. Yeah, taking a look at what we really are, right? I'm
1: glad you
0: That's right. <laughs> didn't, didn't this give you great joy? This was sovereignly designed in eternity by God's own sovereign pleasure He chose. That's the surpassing truth. It's all through Scripture. Let's look at Proverbs 8.23. Proverbs 8.23. Why, we got a lot of verses here tonight. From everlasting I was established, the proverb writer says. From everlasting, from eternity I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. From the very beginning. Then Ephesians 1 4. We read that earlier. Uh, let's read it again. Can't read that enough, can we? Ephesians 1 4. Sometimes we need to be told who we are. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. You can say, "Where? yeah, where is that at? We were chosen for the foundation of the world. I believe it. I know it's in the Bible. Where is it at? Well, Ephesians right here says it one time. It's mentioned other places. And that's what we're looking at here. Uh, let's look at Matthew 25.34. Matthew twenty-five. This is all dealing with the second coming and, and uh, the sheep and the goat judgment. 25-34 Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you when? From the foundation of the world. There we go again. Another one. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 9. Oh, this is right at where we're at in Thessalonians almost, um, in 2 Timothy. This is a great one to always appeal to. I might mean 1 9 there, uh, actually. Yeah, it's 1 9. Okay, verse 8 says, Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. According to the power of God, right? Okay, here we go. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not anything that we can take any credit for, but according to His own purpose, and grace, which was granted us... Did you know grace was granted to us? Grace granted, same thing. In Christ Jesus from when? From all eternity. In eternity past, this is when this happened. But somewhere along the line, He did call us in, in time. But our, our salvation started at that early of a time. It, it it produces joy unspeakable, doesn't it? The privileges that we have, and in, of course in Romans, other places, it says we get eternal inheritance. The full and eternal inheritance. Of course, I always have to think of John 6.44, actually 6. 6.37 says, all that the Father gives Me will come to Me. And that's what happens. Somewhere along the line, he, he gives the the Father gives them to the Son and then they will come to Him because they're drawn. That's what verse 44 about. And the one who comes to Me I will certainly not cast out. So it shows the ones who come to Christ are there and are for His forever. Verse 44 says it is... Uh, no one could come to me. There's the one who comes to me in verse 37. 44 says, No one could come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up in the last day. So, it's the, one, the ones who the Father gives to the Son, they will be drawn to Him, and they will go to Him. And He receives them. So there's a little bit about election. Now, the sanctified by the Spirit, uh, I mean, Hagios is the word. It, it means to set apart, means to consecrate, means to uh, be made holy. Uh, this is the means that he uses to get his accomplishment. Remember, the accomplishment ultimately is where we're heading to it, it's the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The very glory that Christ has, we will have. We'll have glorified bodies. We will not be able to sin and, and so forth. The means that He uses is for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. That's what we find there in ver- at the end of verse 13. Sanctified by the Spirit. Uh, and then it also says, and faith in the truth or belief in the truth. No one comes to Him without the Word of God. Right? The Word of God is what draws us. And the Spirit of God. The Word of God, the Spirit of God. That's God's decree. Sanctification of the Spirit, the belief, in the truth. That's that's His purpose. So the means that He's used is this. He uses the Word of God to call us. By the way, I think the next one is called, isn't it? Uh, He's chosen us to be holy. That's and There's two parts to this. He's chosen us to what? To be holy or sanctified, set apart, and that that happens. And in the text here, it's really at salvation. Now, sanctification is a process going all the way through our uh, Christian life, right? But here, more than anything, is we are sanctified, set apart at the point of salvation, where where we have trusted in Him that He's put that into us. Without the means of the, you know, how can the end be obtained? Faith. Holiness. It's necessary for salvation, but it's not the cause. Belief in the truth, even though it is necessary, it's very necessary, it still is not the cause of our salvation. Because we have to go back before the foundation of the world. Who loved us first? He did. Before the foundation of the world. Who chose us before the foundation of the world? We're just thinking about those texts we just looked at, right? So if that be the case, even though these are the means, they are not the cause. And so many people think, I'm saved because I believed in Jesus. Well, that must mean they were intelligent enough. They were more intelligent than their neighbor. They were better than other people. Hey, I decided for Him. But this this is the means. It's not because we're Holy. 1 Peter 1.2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God through the sanctification of the Spirit. Did you see that? That's just what we're talking about. The elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Foreknowledge is not seeing that, right? It's not seeing what they would do later on. It can't be that because his decision had already been made. But foreknowledge means to have an intimate relationship with to know it means to actually know someone he knew us before not what we would do because if he'd see what we would do in our dead, <laughs> deadness and transgressions and sins we'd just march right on to hell that's what everybody would do there's no none good so he didn't see it because we were good but his foreknowledge here is because he loved us uh, he had a relationship with us and that's that's the idea so Peter knows exactly what he's saying. According, it, We were elect according to the foreknowledge of God. But what's the means? Through the sanctification of the Spirit. He saves us by sanctifying us by the Spirit. Through that, unto obedience. And of course, we live a life that is to be sanctified. So faith is the fruit of election. Sanctification is, is all a part of this process. And the context there is that the preliminary work of the Spirit. He illumines us to be able to, to hear that Word and to believe it, to convict us of our sin, and to lead a person to faith in Christ. That's what uh, all of this does. The Holy Spirit sanctifying us and then believing in the truth. Um, it's, it's the life of God within you. was it? Uh, Henry Schugel wrote that book or wrote a book and in, in there he talked about the life of God in us the life of God the life of God in the soul it's an amazing thought it's a divine nature in in peter he says the very divine nature becomes yours we're not gods we're not you know like little gods running around but we have the very thinking, the the mind of Christ, the thinking of God, the the nature of God now becomes ours. You know what? Sanctification is about holiness, right? No holiness, no heaven. Look in uh, Hebrews 12.14. If there's not holiness, there's no heaven. Makes me think of that book, Holiness by J.C. Ryle. He emphasized it so much. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification. Pursue peace. Sanctification. Without which no one will see the Lord. If you don't have peace, if you don't have sanctification, you're not going to see the Lord. No holiness, no heaven. Uh, look at First Corinthians 6.11. exercising our fingers tonight, aren't
1: we?
0: Let your fingers do the walking. Um, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, made holy. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Faith in the truth, that's the second component. The Spirit of God. Faith and truth. You must believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You can say, okay, God chooses. He did that. Then what's the big deal? Why do we have to go around saying, okay, I confess Jesus Christ and I believe in the truth and everything? Because if we're saved, we're saved, right? (laughs) There's an element. We have to have faith in the truth. Um, Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, or the Word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Believing God comes by hearing the Word of God, right? And those confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved, right? Sirs, what must I do to be saved, said the jailer? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So there is you know, justification by faith. It's the instrument. He gives us the faith so now we can say, yes, I'll follow You. Because He already had this planned for the foundation of the world. Mind-blowing? Eternity. It's, it doesn't start... Everybody thinks it all starts when we have the gumption to say, Jesus Christ, I'm going to follow You from here on. Now, that's a good thing to say. <laughs> How are you going to say it if you're dead? He has to wake you up. Okay, the next one called by the Lord. It says in Thessalonians here. Covering a lot of stuff. He talks about sanctifying by the Spirit, faith in the truth. That's and now he talks about the very that moment. It was for this He called you through our Gospel. So there you have it, for the foundation of the world. He chose you. He loved you. Then somewhere in time, we're born and then born again. He comes to us. The ones who are the, that the Father gives to the Son, they come to Him because John 6.44 says He draws them. And you know what a drawing is there? He compels us to come. By the way, it's known as irresistible grace. You can't help but say, Thank you, Lord, for what you did. We realize that that calling that He did, yeah, you came. You didn't turn Him down anymore, it was irresistible. This is when God's Holy Spirit called you to Himself and you couldn't resist. Irresistible grace. He gave you the truth to believe. He gave you the will to believe it. Now, whereas before you didn't have the will to believe it, and now you do. The
1: heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone.
0: The heart of flesh. He opened it up and he softened the heart. Isn't that beautiful? The natural man cannot believe when he hears the gospel unless the call happens. Might have heard this gospel message for years. And it just went on through. Mighty, They might have been in church all their life. There might be a call that all of a sudden turns the heart. There you go, right there. Right, Bob? That heart of stone now is a heart of flesh.
1: The preacher might be uh, convicted.
0: And... Definitely. How many times have we heard that? We've heard of that before. The preacher gets convicted. Deacons get the same thing. Yeah. The gospel comes to you when it comes to you. It was. It's not just words. It's not just some kind of facts. It's power. It is God. God's a transforming call. It really changes you, right? Romans eight thirty. Okay, look at the chain here. This is the the golden chain. Here we go. Verse twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew had that relationship with. He also predestined. That means he predetermined it. He did this. Look at this to become. And what? What's the reason to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren? Christ would be. And these whom he predestined. So what we have? Predest. You have. Uh, foreknowledge, predestination. Those are really powerful terms. People don't like to talk about those either, do they? But they're right there. And those whom we predestined, what did he do? And in time and space and matter, he calls them. He called. And those who he calls, he what? He justifies. This time it's not sanctification here. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. So if you're called, you're justified. By the way, this is past tense. To God, this already happened. We can't see that. We know that He called us and sometime we answered. 1 Corinthians 1.26. Paul comes into Corinth, preaches the Gospel, and he says, "...for consider your calling, brethren..." The calling. God called you into the family. "...that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble... But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that He may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. Nobody can ever It's 100% God. 0% us. That's called monergism. Synergism is saying, God does it, but I work with Him. Now, when you become a Christian, that does come into effect. It is now God and you. But God is doing the work in you. What do we do? We work it out. We're like working for His kingdom. He's
1: still the head.
0: Right. His exactly. And we love to do it. Imagine serving this reward. God. <laughs> What's that? The, the reward. <laughs> That's right. And shoot for that reward. He wants us to run for it.
1: The reward is the greatest
0: The very presence of Him. It's the best thing that we can have. Now, the last one, and, and uh better cut this short. We're right at the end of time here. But this is not the least... Because this is where everything is all headed. This is what it's about. This is, you know, We've seen the means of, to the end. The sanctification of the Spirit. The Word of God, right? And He says, it was for this He called you. Here's the reason He called you. Through our Gospel. How did He do it? He uses the Gospel. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of Christ. That you may gain what? The glory. This is what it's all about. He's bringing us to glory. That's what his whole plan was, before the foundation of the world, that he would take his and bring him to glory, and he's doing it. He's in the process of. It. This is the ultimate purpose, as far as we're concerned. Why did he love you to bring you to glory? What's the next word? Why did he choose you to bring you to glory? Why did he call you to bring you to glory? Why did he transform you, make you holy? Bring you to glory. That's what. That's what it's about. Um, can somebody slip through the cracks? No. The ones he loved, chosen, called, transformed, in order to be glorified. When it started out in eternity past, God says, "I choose you, so and so." He didn't say, "I choose them to be saved." I choose them to believe. He said I choose them to be glorified cuz that's where it's really headed. We just didn't it's it's not like we become saved and boom that's it. Or being sanctified, but here it is, it's glorified. That's where it all is headed. When we read that in uh, oh did, did we do the Romans 8 did we did we read verse 30? Did I stop
1: yeah, I like,
0: And these whom he predestined he also called okay yeah I did all the way to glorified. Okay, Second 2 Timothy 2.10. Last text we'll use here. And we will go. Do these encourage you? Very much. Man, powerful stuff. We need this. We really do. Verse 10, For this reason I endure all things. Paul says, he's writing to Timothy, young pastor. I endure all this suffering for the sake of those who are chosen. Do you know what? There are people who are elect who are not saved yet. But if they're elect, will they be saved? Yeah. What was Paul big, Paul's big deal? He didn't know who they were. They didn't have the big E on their shirt or on the you know. They didn't peel that back. He didn't know. He just went to everybody, and that's what it is. We don't make the decision and find out who the elect are. He says, go to everybody, throw the seed. The ones who are is will respond somewhere along the line. Maybe you're just throwing seed, and they don't respond now. And that's discouraging sometimes because you say, I've been throwing all this seed and I don't see any results. God will use that. If they're they're elect, believe me, they will come to Him based on some of the passages we just saw. Did I read the rest of that? I don't think I did. For the sake of those who are chosen, so they also may obtain salvation. So there it is. There they are. They're chosen, but they don't have salvation yet which is in Christ Jesus. And with it, what? Eternal glory. That's where it's all hidden, folks. Somebody will say, oh, they're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Actually, we should be heavenly minded always. We want to be earthly good. If we're heavenly minded, believe me, we'll be earthly good. Because we've got our sights set right. And even if things don't grow right in the way that we want, there is something coming that will right all of this stuff that's wrong. Believe me. For glory, a shining brightness. The righteous shall shine as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Stephen's face shone. You remember that? And whenever he was stoned and as if it were the face of an angel. Acts 6.15 Moses' face was shown whenever he talked with God. Our bodies shall be likened unto His glorious body. Philippians 3.21 The transfiguration. I said a while ago that other verse was going to be the last one. I guess I better quit on this one. <laughs> 3.21 uh, Verse 20 For our citizenship is in heaven. Okay, you, or you're heavenly minded. That's really where we live. All right? From which also we eagerly wait for a Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. His return. Here we go. Here it is, verse 21. This is the one we're going to go home on. Who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. There we go. Spiritual body. Glorified bodies shall ever remain an eternal spring of youth. We will never age there for eternity. We will have no need of anything. We have food and drink here you know, that we have to have. Well, evidently there's food and drink there, fruit and that kind of thing, but you know what? We won't need it. If we want to enjoy it, yes, it's made for our pleasure, but it's not like we're going to run out of energy and I've got to restore when you have glorified bodies. You don't need anything else. You will be perfectly content. Never will there be something that you're missing. You'll have everything you need. Amazing. We have not only glory by Christ, but with Christ. And that's even better. The same glory that Christ has now, in our measure, in our measure, we we will have it. If children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him that we may also be glorified together. Revelation 3.21, To Him that overcomes will I grant to sit with Me in My throne. Even as I also overcame and sat down with My Father in His throne, we will be in His throne. Boy, what a blessedness that you would walk worthy of God who has called you into His kingdom and glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Bob, could you lead us in prayer?
1: Glorious Heavenly Father, we thank You for tonight, and yeah, for this Bible study, for Your loving and living words, words of truth, words of life. We uh, thank You for the word that sustains and provides for us and that gives us your love so we can love you and then love others. uh, So Lord, we just uh, ask that you would help us to share the word, share your words of of redemption with others. Yes. Uh, Share the gospel. And Lord, we just praise and give all honor and glory to you, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, for the very truth that we have been saved, we are being saved, and because of Christ we will be saved and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.